everybody, and welcome to Jedi Dropouts, where we like to keep it geekly, not weekly. I'm here with my friend and co-host, who happens to be a bargain bin bounty hunter and the honorary sixth Culkin brother, Mr. James Moss. Good morning, folks. <laughs> and I'm... I don't know what the fuck to say. <laughs> you have this scripted fucking awesome-ass intro for me, and I'm just like... Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's I guess it's easier to introduce uh, someone related to the the great Culkins. Um, <laughs> you've got more titles, man. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm Ryan Taylor, uh, and we're back. Uh, Word. Episode number twenty nine of Jedi Dropouts. And we got something special planned for this one. Yes, we do. Uh, first off, James, you got to see Black Panther recently. I did. Not not that recently. Uh, for us, I mean, it's been like come uh, almost two weeks, but uh, almost. That's fine. It's it's still fresh. It's still tearing up. It the, it's still tearing up the box office, so it still counts. And. I'm still seeing a lot of people on Facebook and social media debating about this movie and whatnot. Okay, okay. Uh, we're going to get into that a little later. And also, uh, this weekend is Oscar weekend. This Sunday is the Academy Awards. So we decided yes. we decided to give our own input on who is truly the best. And by that, I mean we're going to have a Marvel versus DC debate. <laughs> Because fuck the Oscars, uh, we're gonna crown the true champion of superheroes. Because that's way more fun. Agreed. Uh, way more. Yeah, but we've got a bit of business to take care of first. We got our news. We got our mailbag to do here. Got um, some housekeeping to do. Yes, housekeeping is exactly the word. A uh, little bit of news that was actually announced this morning. Um, Marvel released their uh, release dates for up until 2022. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's no no details about the movies itself. Um, let's see. We got 2020. There's a movie on May 1st, July 31st, and November 6th, 2021. We got May 7th, July 30th, and November 5th. And 2022, February 18th, May 6th, and July 29th. So, three movies a year. We're still getting our three MCU movies per year. And uh, apparently Phase 4 is going to kick off next year in July with Spider-Man Homecoming 2 or whatever the title of that movie is. Yeah. And the rumor is that in 2020 we're getting Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and maybe a Black Widow movie. Yeah, I'm surprised she hasn't gotten a solo movie yet. I know, it's, it's it seemed like a long time coming. Yeah. Considering she's been in movies since... What was it? Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2, was it? I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's eight years there, so... And and with a star like Scarlett Johansson, it seems like that's kind of easy money. Yeah. Uh, 
So, speaking of female superhero movies, did you hear the casting rumors for Wonder Woman 2? I did not. Apparently, uh, the talk is that the villain for Wonder Woman 2 is going to be Cheetah. About time. And the casting rumor is Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig as Cheetah. Yeah, Kristen Wiig. Uh... Best known for Bridesmaids, Saturday Night Bridesmaids. Live, Ghostbusters. Um, yeah. It seems like an odd fit. I mean, she's she's mostly a comedian. Um, and by mostly, I mean like 99.9% .9 of her work is comedy. Yeah. So I don't know what that means. I don't know if DC's trying to be funnier. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm interested to see, because um, I mean, she doesn't seem like she's unfit, but she's definitely going to need to do a lot of training to get to like superhero level. Well, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I mean, there's. But I mean, look at the transformation Chris Pratt did from Parks and Rec to Star Lord. Yeah, no, that's true. So, I mean. I'm a fan of Kristen Wiig. I think she's hilarious. I think she's attractive. I I think she's awesome. I am a little skeptical about this casting, but I mean, I'm I'm gonna keep an eye to it. I'm gonna watch it. I'm interested to see how she pulls it off. Yeah, me too. Cause I've I haven't. Like, it's not even that she can't do serious roles, it's just I've never seen it. So, yeah. I don't know, maybe, she, maybe she'll maybe she surprise us all. Maybe she has been secretly this fantastic actor outside of comedy the whole time, right? I mean, it's very possible. I loved her in Bridesmaid. Oh, and yeah. if the studio is going to cast her as the main antagonist in a superhero film, they're obviously going to hook her up with a trainer Yeah. to get her in as good physical condition as possible. And they're also going to, you know, do some fight training and stuff like that with her. So, I mean, I'm really intrigued to see the transformation we get from like current Kristen Wiig to Cheetah. Yep, no, me too. Uh, another. I don't want to doubt her, but I'm I'm interested to see how that transformation goes. No, I, I hear you completely. It that there's I I really I I have no idea. How it's gonna go? Like I, I don't have any real suspicions or anything. It's it's uh, sort of a blind bag, you know. Uh, there's another uh, female casting rumor. It chapter two. Uh, Jessica Chastain is in talks to play Beverly. Yes. Which doesn't surprise me even slightly. That was that was the easiest casting idea when we were talking about uh, it chapter 2 a few months ago. Yeah. 
entirely because she's one of the one of the, uh, sorry uh, she's one of the best actresses in Hollywood today. Uh, I mean, between Zero Dark Thirty, The Martian. Uh, oh my God, what else is she in? She's she's in so much lately, and and she has ties to the director because she was in the film uh, Mama a few years back. Which, yeah. was, which was also an Andy uh, Machete film. It, it just seems too fitting. Like, <laughs> Have it, they talked about any other uh, casting rumors? I, or... have, I haven't heard any at all. I've, I've, like, I've heard uh, fan castings all over the place and who people want, but I, this is the only one I've actually heard in talks with the studio. Yeah. Interstellar, of course, she was in Interstellar and Crimson Peak, and yeah. After just talking about Chris Pratt from Guardians and um, Jurassic World, can you kind of see him playing Ben? I really can. Um, I think I've heard that one brought up before, and I think the main reasoning was uh, I think the kid who played Ben, I forget that kid's name. Uh, uh, he—that's that's who he fan casted to play an adult Ben, because they they asked all the kids who they wanted to play them, and uh, I can see it. Although, yeah, well, it makes sense too because he is a bigger guy who got fit, and in the book, Ben loses a lot of weight in his adulthood, so. I mean, yeah, exactly. Maybe he'd do a real good job with it based on that. He knows exactly where that character, where where his head's at. Exactly. Hmm, that's actually a good one. I like that now. Well, let's cross our fingers for that. Yep, yep, for sure. So I I like me some Chris Pratt. Yep. No, me too. Good actor, good human. Yep. And that. Uh, Segues right into the last thing we need to mention here. Uh, ties into Chris Pratt being a good human as well. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, for those who don't know, uh, probably the biggest influence on this podcast, uh, Mr. Kevin Smith, film director, actor, podcaster, writer. Um, he suffered a massive heart attack earlier this week. He's doing fine. But uh, it was a big scare. Yep. And uh, it scared the shit out of me when I saw it because I listen to this guy's podcast every week, and uh, we were actually we're actually <laughs> we're doing a, a, a whole segment in our in our next episode on Kevin Smith and his movies, and that was pre-planned already, so we couldn't not talk about this. Yeah. Um, but the Chris Pratt thing, uh, Chris Pratt reached out online and uh, sent Kevin thoughts and prayers, and then the internet blew up at him and said, fuck off with your thoughts and prayers because, I don't know, I guess because Kevin Smith isn't a Christian. But this, that's not really the point. Like, I, I guess Chris Pratt is a Christian. I, I believe he is. Um, and he was just expressing in his own way that he wished well, Kevin... Well, 
What was that? He was just expressing well wishes. Yeah, exactly. And he's not saying, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's not throwing holy water. He's not saying, like, if you turn to God, these things won't happen to you. Yeah, exactly. He's not He's not storming into the hospital room with a crucifix and holy water or shit like that. I mean, no, he, he's saying, like, in his own way, like... Hey man, I hope you're doing okay. I hope you get better soon. Like I'm thinking of you. I yeah. hope you're doing well. Yeah, which was nice. And um, of course, Kevin responded and like singled him out, thanking him amongst exactly. the, the many thanks. Of course. Fuck uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, we just we just want to take a second to uh, wish the best, to Kevin Smith. Uh, Wish him a speedy recovery. Both an influence in terms of his geekiness and his love of comic books and movies, and and even our love of his movies, but as well an influence in terms of podcasting in general. I I watch Kevin Smith's material, his movies, his um, Q and A's, in sickness and in health. I really do. Oh yeah. Like one of my favorite things to watch when I'm homesick on the couch, miserable with the flu, is his Q&A series, An Evening with Kevin Smith. I, I've rewatched those more than a dozen times. You know, it, it's... And, oh. yeah, like, there are Kevin Smith movies, like, when I'm already in a good mood and I just want to turn something on, there's a Kevin Smith movie for that. If I'm feeling down or sick or shitty, there's a Kevin Smith movie I can watch that'll pick me back up. Like, I could find something of Kevin Smith's to watch every single day. The guy is hands down my favorite director, one of my biggest influences in doing this podcast, and like, yeah, any celebrity who passes away, it sucks. I'd be a little bummed. But Kevin Smith is one of the handful that I would legitimately cry. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I, I don't wish poorly on many celebrities. I mean, obviously there's a few who are really, really scummy <laughs> who I don't want to see good things happen to. But um, this is also a little segue uh, Kevin Smith is one that I would be truly sad if we lost, and another would be Stan Lee, who at 95 years old is currently battling pneumonia. Yeah. No, that's another one. Yeah, I, I read that the other day. I watched a video Stan released um, talking about how he's been fighting pneumonia, and he hopes he's on his way to getting better but the reason why he hasn't been as active online or engaging with the fans as much is because he's been sick. Yeah, of course. And at 95 years old, like, you know, something like pneumonia could really take the good out of you. Yep. And watching Stan's message to his fans, talking about how he had pneumonia... It got me emotional. Like, I didn't cry, but 
I could feel, you know, the emotions building up in me. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Well, uh, wishing a, a uh, speedy recovery to both Kevin Smith and Stanley. Uh, yep. Two major icons in the comic book world. And, oh God, uh, yeah. Let's move on to something a little more, uh, a little more lighthearted. Uh, we we're doing another mailbag. Yep. Uh, I not, not using every question that was submitted here. Uh, a couple people submitted multiple questions. Going to save those for future weeks so we can keep doing this every episode. So, uh, sort of just took uh, a nice variety. I, I kind of looked at the the selection ahead and tried to cover as many different topics as possible in them. Uh, so first off, we have uh, Cody Bennett, friend of the podcast. He submitted like <laughs> two or three different questions. Um, and Cody wants to know. What 90s cartoon would we like to see adapted? Uh, I don't know if we actually specified movie or TV show, but what 90s cartoon would we like to see adapted into live action? This one wasn't too hard for me to think of. Um, I thought it would be cool to either see a live action Freakazoid. That was my answer. <laughs> or if they did kind of like they did with Alvin and the Chipmunks and Smurfs and everything where it's a mixture of CG and live action I would like to see Animaniacs oh that could work yeah or and this was kind of my third choice Pinky and the Brain oh yeah oh yeah but those would be the order that I would wish to see them in first yeah. And foremost, Freakazoid, then uh, Animaniacs, then Pinky and the Brain. Well, Animaniacs, I would only want to see done if Steven Spielberg himself were doing it. Because yeah. he was a big part in the original uh, cartoon. Yeah. Um, the thing about an Animaniacs movie is, though, there are a lot of jokes in Animaniacs that really weren't for kids. No, it... it it wouldn't be able to be done as a kid's movie and keep that humor at all. No, it would have to be PG-13. Yeah, at least. But that's the thing. The crowd who grew up watching Animaniacs are adults now. Oh, yeah. Hmm. That could be fun, actually. But, like, the first joke I think about when I think about <laughs> Animaniacs and how inappropriate it could be for children at times is the whole fingerprint. Oh, yeah joke um how does that go again i i, I know i know the uh, punchline but i'm trying to remember the setup i can't remember exactly the setup but they talk about like getting someone's fingerprints and it basically turns into a joke about penetrating the now deceased <laughs> rock star Digitally, yeah, because it like with your fingers. Because um, I think Yakko asked Dot to f something about getting fingerprints, and then it cuts to Dot holding Prince, the artist, 
or formerly known as Prince, uh, in her arms and looking at him and then just saying, no way, and tossing him to one side, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, oh, context. Um, but yeah, my, my pick was also Freakazoid, and I'll let you explain why in a second, but entirely the reason is because when I read this question, I was in the middle of rewatching The Tick from last year. And uh, I went on a bit of a. I, I rewatched The Tick, and then I watched the six new episodes that came out last week. And then I went back and I read all of the Tick comics. And, uh, like, I, in, in my. Like, when I was a kid, The Tick and Freakazoid, for some reason, went hand in hand. It had to be, like, that. Uh, that wacky. Superhero. I don't. I can't even remember if the humor was that similar, but they always went hand in hand. And the Tick works so well live action. So maybe Freakazoid would as well in the same vein. Yeah. I don't know if you had anything different to say on that one, or. Um. Well, I mean, Freakazoid is technically. Breaks the fourth wall and just he's kind of crazy. So he's kind of like Deadpool meets the mask. Oh yes, yes, you're right. I'm okay. It's been a while since I watched it. I'm I'm, re- I'm remembering this a little better now. He is kind of like the mask, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And it's been so long since the mask came out, but. The mask was just crucified by the sequel that they did, Son of the Mask. Oh, shit, yeah. That just ruined all hopes of anything good being done with that franchise. Um, I believe Screw... Yeah, Screw Attack yesterday released their top ten worst superhero movies of all time. Or their worst comic book movies of all time. Yeah. And Halle Berry's Catwoman was number two on their list, beat out only by Son of the Mask. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I don't know if I actually yeah. ever saw that. I don't know if I ever bothered. Save yourself and don't. It's Jamie Even T- the clips that they used are just cringeworthy. It's Jamie Kennedy, right? Yeah. No. Oh. Yeah. But Freakazoid is kind of a similar character. And he does the whole, like, fourth wall breaking. He's crazy, kind of like Deadpool. And with all the hype around superhero movies and how much everyone loves Deadpool, Freakazoid could probably capitalize on that a fair bit. Like, one moment that I have always remembered from Freakazoid is, like, they're tied off around like a campfire or something like that like a bad guy has them all tied off and Freakazoid just like opens the ropes like they're on a hinge and they all just stay together and he just like steps out of it and like clamps them back together and it's just so ridiculous yeah there's definitely uh, there's definitely a market for that one Oh, God, yeah. Who would you cast? As 
Freakazoid? Yeah, I never thought about that till just now. But who who could play Freakazoid? Oh my god! Like he'd have to be zany, funny, but also like have, he'd have to be in pretty good shape. Yep. Because Freakazoid's jacked. Uh, Freakazoid has quite the triangular body shape. Hmm. That's a tough one. Um. I'm gonna try and find a picture of Freakazoid before he transforms. Oh, there you go. Because you want someone who's gonna be able to play him. Like, as Freakazoid and... What's his name? Dave, is it? Ah, uh, man. <laughs> I I can't remember that one. Dexter Douglas, there we go. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm looking at a picture of him now, and I'm just thinking, like, who could play that? Hmm. Yeah, he's got sort of like a... Hmm. Pretty mild-mannered. A little bit nerdy. Kind of square-faced. Hmm. We might have to come back to this one. We might. Yeah. Because I, I'm really, like, thinking... Oh. One of the first people coming to mind, as much as I don't like him, is Patrick Wilson. Okay, that works. Well, I think he might be a little too old. I don't know if he's funny enough. Yeah. Here's my thoughts. What about Bill Hader? Oh my god. Um, Bill Hader. Let me see. Bill Hader would be perfect. Bill Hader, of course. Uh, best known for Saturday Night Live. Uh, super bad. What else is that guy in? He, he shows up in pretty much every comedy. It's some way or another, right? Like Knocked Up and... Uh, Oh, he voiced the main character in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs as well, right? Um, the first thing that sticks out in my mind for Bill Hader is, like you said, he played one of the two cops alongside Seth Rogen in Superbad. Yeah, that's that's like the the main role for me. Well, um, yeah, I could see it. I could see that working. Want to move on to the next mailbag question? Let's do it. Uh, Mitchell Clark uh, wrote in last time, wrote in again this time. He wants to know what the hardest boss is in any video game that we've played. This one gave me some trouble. Me too. I haven't played as many video games as some other people. And so I was thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And, like, part of me wanted to say Lu Bu in Dynasty Warriors 4 the first time you duel him. Because he just wrecks you and a lot of people's strategy is just to run past him and not yeah. even bother trying to fight him. Uh, part of me wanted to say Nick Bruiser from Super Punch-Out, who is the final character you fight in that game. Nice. Um... I think where I ultimately landed on this was Yellow Devil from the first Mega Man game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because while I have beaten him, and he's not, like, the last boss of the game, like, fuck, does this guy annoy me. 
Like, it takes me so many tries to beat Yellow Devil. And I know it's all about, like, learning the patterns of his movements and stuff like that, but I just, I get too reactive. And even if I can say to myself, like, you know, if I'm numbering the blocks from bottom to top as one to four, and I, like, learn the pattern being, like, one, three, four, two, two, four, like that, like, I can be rhyming off the pattern and still, like, instinctively jumping when a block comes at me and when I'm not supposed to jump. And just my reflexes keep getting the best of me. Yeah, I hear you. And Yellow Devil pisses me off to no end. So that's who I'm going to have to give this to. I also had a lot of trouble with, um, spoiler alert, the true final boss in South Park, The Fractured Butthole. Oh, yeah? Morgan Freeman. <laughs> oh, that's good. Of course yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those would be my picks. Yellow Devil being uh, Nick Bruiser uh, Lou Boo and Morgan Freeman and so I never thought I'd say one of these things is not like the other um, right? I I wasn't sure uh, when I read it if he meant which one is we found the hardest we had the, like the hardest time with or uh is considered the hardest because if it's one that I found the hardest I, I'm really not sure because games with that much difficulty I kind of stray away from uh, yeah but in terms of like traditionally hard uh, video game bosses I mean I'm, I'm big on fighting games so Shao Kahn from Mortal Kombat, M. Bison from Street Fighter, uh, True Ogre from Tekken. Those are some of the bigger ones. But uh, lately I've been playing a lot of Injustice 2 again, and Brainiac is fucking hard. Like, it's this thing where I've probably played him a hundred plus times now since I've got the game. And he gives me trouble every single time no matter what difficulty level I'm on, no matter who I'm using. It, he's always difficult. Um, and if, if we're going for the hardest thing I've ever played in a video game, it's probably like that one time I played Dark Souls and I got two to three enemies into the game. Because, <laughs> like, literally the, the little minions that you that are part of like the tutorial section of most games I have never beaten in Dark Souls <laughs> that's how fucking hard that game is wow yeah like I'm telling you it's literally a skeleton with a sword it's the, the third enemy that you fight in the game and I have n like I, tr I used to own the game and I played it over and over and over and over and never got past him and that's considered the you know another bot that gives me trouble. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, the Water Temple boss from Majora's Mask. Oh yeah. Yorg, I think. Okay. But 
this guy, like, other people might find him super easy and laugh at me for having so much trouble with him, but I fell to this boss so many times and got so frustrated by him that I actually put the game down for months before I picked it back up. But, like, the whole, like... By the time you get to him through the Water Temple, you're running pretty low on time because of the whole, like, cycle with Majora's Mask. You only have three yeah. days to do everything, then you have to reset to the beginning of the three days before the world ends. Yeah, yeah, By the time you navigate through the Water Temple, like, Great Bay Temple, and get to him, you know, it's already taken a big chunk out of your time. And if you stock up on healing items, like berries and shit... Like, he kills me a few times, and then by the time I'm getting close to finally taking him down, I'm at the end of the third day, and I've run out of fucking time, so I've got to, like, start all over again. Fair enough. I, I've never beaten a Zelda game, so I, I definitely won't laugh at you for that. Well, I know Mitchell plays a fair bit of Zelda, yeah, and he's yeah. the one who asked the question. Yeah, true. That's, that's a good so, point. Um... If, if you want to call me a noob for that one, <laughs> I will take it on the chin. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've i gotten nowhere in Zelda ever. I love Zelda games. I absolutely love them, but that boss made me put that game down for a couple months before I picked it up and even attempted them again. Yeah, I hear you. Um... Uh, I got one more mailbag question here, and it's on a topic we've never really touched on. Uh, we got a music question, and I mean, for as much as we love music, we've never talked about it on here. Yep. Uh, so a friend of mine, Will Sullivan, writes in, wants to know, what is a band you'd like to get into, but for any for for some reason or another just haven't. Um, you and I kind of were texting about how to answer this question. Yeah. We could approach it one of two ways. So I'm going to give two answers for this question. Okay. Um, a band that I've tried listening to that I was never able to get into or find any interest in. Okay. Um, is Metallica. Yep, fair enough. A lot of people love Metallica. They're fanatical about them. I've tried giving them a chance, and just I cannot get into Metallica at all. I had a fan. Red Hot Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, okay. Like, if you turned on Red Hot Chili Peppers, I would never be like, oh, turn that shit off. But I will never request anyone turn it on. I will never... Like, be like, awesome if you went and turned some on. Like, both bands are incredibly talented musicians. Lars, I mean, some people will debate over. (laughs) Yeah. But they're talented musicians with huge libraries of work, rabid fan bases that I've tried getting into and I can respect for their talent and their achievements and everything else like that, but I've just never been able to force myself to give a shit about either band. Yeah, I hear you. 
And the other way we could answer this question is an artist that I've been meaning to check out that a lot of people have recommended to me, but I just haven't got around to giving a fair listen yet. I'd say Kendrick Lamar. Oh, man. Like, I know, didn't he do a lot of the Black Panther soundtrack? Yes, he did. Yeah. Like, I've had so many people recommend Kendrick Lamar to me, and I have no idea why I haven't gotten around to checking him out yet. I've even been at um, events out in town where I've run into our current mayor of Cornerbrook, Jim Parsons, <laughs> and he's been telling me, like, listen to this album by Kendrick, or if you could find this performance mm. live on yeah. YouTube, watch that because it's theater. Yeah. So well arranged and written and performed, mm. you'll love it. Yep. Even the mayor of my city <laughs> is telling me to listen to to check out Kendrick Lamar. And just any time I'm sitting around the house, I just I'll go back to listening to bands that I love. Or before I get around to listening to Kendrick, I'll see what new releases Fat Wreck has put out. Okay, yeah. And I'll be like, oh, cool, they've put out something new by No Effects, or, you know, oh, it's the anniversary of this Good Riddance album. I'll re-listen to that. And I just keep forgetting to check out Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. So those would be my answers for that question, however you intended it to be. Yeah. Uh I'm going to respond to yours first before I even touch on any of mine. Uh, Metallica, I had a short phase in like junior high where it peaked really high when I discovered what metal was. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I haven't really listened to them since high school. Um, Red Hot Chili Peppers have been one of my favorite bands since I was like 13 or 14 and still are to this day. I don't listen to them like I used to, but I know most of the words to most of their albums. Nice. And Kendrick Lamar is the, in my opinion, the greatest living rapper. Uh, okay, not the greatest living, but the greatest current rapper. Uh, he is the future of hip-hop, and he is absolutely fucking incredible. He's doing so much for the black community today it is unreal um his i guess his first two studio albums uh no for all, all three they're all great and the black panther soundtrack it's all fucking incredible and um it to me he's doing today what people like the roots and most deaf did in the 90s where it's approachable it has a pop sensibility but it has this great musicianship behind it. And uh, that segues into my answer, because I'm a big hip-hop fan. I fucking love it. And yep. I don't have... Um, actually, you know what? I just realized one. Yeah, I, w I didn't have anything prepared for a uh, band or artist that I've tried and I just can't really get into. 
but now I, I just thought of one. Um, Eminem. Like, as much as I love rap, I just, I never really enjoyed Eminem. It just doesn't do much for as me. As big as he is, and as much as people love him, yeah, a lot of times I forget he exists. Yeah, no, I hear you. And, like, I listened to early Eminem when he was first coming out. Okay, yeah. And a lot of it, for me, was very novelty. Yeah, definitely. And now that he seems to have gotten more serious, I haven't even checked out any of his newer stuff. Because when you say Eminem to me, first thing I think of is like, now this looks like a job me, uh, and it's just like, <laughs> eh. Yeah. Meh. Like I'm sure, I'm sure some of it is good. I just haven't really. I don't know. The only, it the hasn't fallen my radar. No. I, I still enjoy Forgot About Dre though. Forgot About Dre. I don't even think of as an Eminem song. No. First thing I like, I think Dr. Dre. Yeah, exactly. Um. But in terms of the the other side of it, um, someone you just haven't got around to, it's not even artists I've never heard, it's just um, two hip-hop groups that I'm a fan of on a very surface level. I like a handful of songs by them, but I've, I've meaning to really get into their discographies. Uh, Outcast is one. And the I've other... been listening to a lot of Outcast lately. Yeah. It's it not as I don't know if I've ever actually sat down and listened through an entire album. Mostly just the hit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the other big one for me is a tribe called Quest. Who, the stuff I know by them, I fucking love. I just, I still haven't really got around to. You know, turning on an album and really getting into it. I've been meaning to check out, like, I've been meaning to listen deeper into Wu-Tang lately. Wu-Tang is, is fun. I, uh, a couple years back, I I got on a bit of a Wu-Tang trip. Uh, their first album is still probably their best. But, you know. The whole Wu-Tang thing is actually because of hardcore. Yeah. Um, Toby Morse, the singer of the band H2O. Okay. Is huge into hip hop. Yeah. The dude loves hip hop, and uh, he posted on Instagram the other day um, something to do with Wu Tang, and he referred to Wu Tang as his Beatles. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, man, like this singer, this motivational speaker, this artist that I really, really respect for, like, just everything he does. Like, his music, his activism, his parenting, like, everything about the dude I respect. And he says a lot of who he is came from listening to artists like Wu-Tang and Biggie as he was growing up. And I'm just like, man, like... I really got to start listening to more of this shit just to see where he's getting this from. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I uh, I could I could talk all day about hip hop, be it 
uh, older 90s stuff, like the 80s and 90s peak hip-hop or some of the new stuff from today. But uh, there's one more band that I have still never ever listened to, but I really think I would love if I ever did. Uh, I don't know if you're a fan or not. The Replacements? I don't think I know anything by them. I, I don't know I'll have like, to top my head anyway I've heard good things Like I always saw them uh, When I was in high school uh, I used to read a lot of Alt Press magazine <laughs> You remember Alt Press The the scenester Emo mag uh, Yep But like a lot of the bands Like say uh, I think Newfound Glory Blink-182 Um a lot of, the, and I think even Folly Boy, a lot of those bands always cited The Replacements as a big influence. And I think th- I think they're pretty much like real early pop punk. Nice. So I feel like I probably would enjoy it, I just still haven't got around to it. Anyway. Pretty good answer. Yeah. We should talk about music more often. We and- definitely should. And uh, that wraps the mailbag. So, of course, if you have any questions to ask, be it movies, comics, video games, music, like we just said, life advice, whatever you want it to be, uh, don't hesitate to ask. Yeah, we'll... We'll try our best to answer whatever you give us. Music, (laughs) comics, boxers or briefs, like... You throw whatever you want to know at us, and we'll try our best to answer it. Yeah, we we can do a a regular um, a regular segment on underwear every episode. Send us oh, your, yeah. send us your underwear questions. Yep. Okay. So we got our news out of the way. We got our mailbag out of the way. Um, I think it's time for a little bit of a movie review. Yeah. So you saw Black Panther. I did. You took a little trip to Wakanda. No, actually, he was running around Broadway. <laughs> Fuck off. How was it, man? Um, I enjoyed it. Both Emily and I left the theater pleased. We enjoyed it. We agreed that it was a lot of fun. Um... I wouldn't say it was the best Marvel movie, though. Okay. Um, would it make my top five? No. But it was definitely good. I definitely enjoyed it. I'll definitely be buying it when it comes out on DVD. I haven't gone to see it a second time. That's partly because... Well, my girlfriend lives with me now, so on my nights off, I have someone to spend time with. Well, yeah. And she is like, no, I've seen it once. I enjoyed it, but I don't need to go a second time. Like, if she was working and one of my friends was like, hey, do you want to go see it? I would go again, yes. But I haven't gone as of right now. I'd probably... I don't know where I would rank it amongst all the others. A bit too soon to say. 
Um, I'm not going to say the movie's overrated because that's not for me to say because I'm not part of the demographic that it's appealing to the most. Yeah. I think it's great what this movie is doing for young people of color. And Emily and I were also talking on the drive home about how this movie isn't just empowering for, you know, African-American people, but for women as well, because it shows a fair bit of, you know, the elite guard of Wakanda, Mm -hmm. which is an all-female fighting force. Yeah, yeah. And they are fucking badasses. How, how do you pronounce it? Is the the Dora Dora Minaj or something like that? Is that right? I I don't know. And okay. when I don't know how to pronounce something, I usually yeah. try not to because I'm afraid to butcher it. No, I I haven't heard it said. I've only read the title in Black Panther comics, so I don't know if it's yeah. the Dora Minaj or Dora Minage. I don't I'm not sure exactly. But either way, they're yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, I saw someone posting online about how Black Panther is literally their favorite superhero hands down and about how, you know, they were disappointed with the movie and everything like that. And I've seen a lot of um, people saying, like, you know, don't be afraid to criticize a movie just because most of the cast are black. Yeah. And accusing people of liking it because of a bandwagon. Okay. And lumping it in with Wonder Woman saying like, you know, the only reason these two movies are getting so much praise is because of, you know, strong female lead and all black cast and like I don't think the movie's getting the praise it is solely because of the ethnicity of the cast no it it was a good movie it was like I enjoyed it the ethnicity of the cast had nothing to do with my enjoyment of the movie it was a fun movie. My girlfriend and I both left the theater with smiles on our faces. And the drive home was just the two of us discussing things. It opened up a dialogue between us about, like, other things. Because we talked about, like, as we were leaving the theater, we talked about how empowering this movie was for both people of color and uh, female audience and that got us talking about how um, what ways Marvel could do something similar for the LGBTQ community like what superheroes could be introduced or what ones that are already existing without an established love interest already in the MCU could they make to represent the LGBTQ community? Yeah. So it got us talking about that. 
I I don't have any negative to say about the movie. It just didn't wow me as much as some of the other movies. Yeah, and that's okay. And yeah, like I I have nothing bad to say about this movie. It's yeah. just like we've said about movies in the past. It's just you know comparing one really good thing to something great. Yeah. Um, I did see a YouTube video before we started recording this that I hadn't got a chance to watch yet, but I plan on watching as soon as we're done recording about how people are calling Stan Lee's cameo in this movie racist. Oh. Okay. But I, I have no idea where they're getting this notion from, so I'm going to have to watch this seven-minute video and see what evidence they're claiming before I talk about whether they have any valid points or whether or not they're just being stupid. Okay. But that is something that is apparently being said on the internet. Of course. Well, there's a lot of things being said on the internet. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of it isn't great. No. A lot of things on the internet, like, no matter what you do in this world, there's going to be someone somewhere on the internet who blows things out of proportion, like, takes things out of context, whatever. Yeah. There might be validity to their claims of the cameo being a bit tone deaf maybe I don't know I'm going to have to look at what evidence they provide because I didn't see anything wrong with it but again like you know you don't always see it on first glance yeah no of course so I'm going to watch that video after we're done recording and see what I think sounds good but yeah, overall, I would recommend people go see this movie. It was a lot of fun. I saw someone say that, like, I watched a spoiler-free review before I went, and it said that like some of the scenes in the dark were a bit hard to see. Okay. Well, I didn't like you couldn't make out what was going on, but I never had that issue at all. Uh, it's something I was like, oh shit like kind of expecting going into the movie like okay there's like the scene's kind of dark I'm probably not going to be able to pick out what's going on but then the review I had watched was kind of wrong because I perfectly able to make out everything that was happening well if it was a critic review they might have been using uh, some sort of uh, you know they get like critic screening discs you know what I mean they they, they get sent yeah. the movies to like so they could have been watching it at home with the lights on or whatever you know you're going to pick it out better yeah, on a big sure. screen in the dark right yeah where it was meant to be well, watched the Wakanda like how it showed Wakanda like Wakanda looked beautiful uh, the post credit scene was wasn't the most exciting but it was kind of cool um yeah I had a few very minor minor gripes with the movie 
That's fair. Like, there's something that I kind of wanted them to do with Ulysses Claw that they didn't do. Okay. But like I said, that's very minor. Um, you could make the case for uh, Killmonger being too similar to Black Panther and them just sticking to that whole, like, the villain is just like the bad form of the hero type thing. Like, I've heard people complain about that. Yeah. And, I mean, a case could be made for that. It could, but... People have said that Michael B. Jordan overacted a little bit. Okay. But, again, like, these weren't real deal-breakers for me. They were just kind of things that... I was kind of like, yeah, okay. But the movie's still really fun, so fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really all I've got to say about the movie right now. That sounds good to me. I can't wait to watch it. I think you'll enjoy it. I I think I will. I've got a good feeling about it. It's pretty rare that I don't enjoy a Marvel movie as is, so. Yeah. Well, uh, you want to get into our uh, our big debate? Yes. Marvel versus DC. Uh, we've been talking about doing this for a while, like <laughs> since the summer, I think it was. Uh, so, and, and actually we had someone request this, uh, like last month, I think it was, Recom- yep. and, and I had to tell them like, we're actually working on it. It's coming soon. Uh, so the way we have this set up, uh, we've broken, we've broken down into nine categories. Yep. Uh, and those categories are comic books. Heroes, villains, teams, costumes, movies, TV, animations, and video games. And for each category, we're going to pick, we're each going to pick either Marvel or DC, and that adds a point. And at the end of the day, whoever's got the highest point total is crowned the champion, at least by our standards. Yep. Okay. And we have a, we got a little bonus section. Are, are we doing, are we going to do the bonus section anyway, or is that like a tiebreaker? Um, I think that's just a little for fun thing we can yeah. do at the end after okay. the yeah, for total sure. scopes are decided. Yep. Okay. So, obviously we're talking Marvel and DC here. The main thing that they've done uh, historically and where they got their beginnings is comic books. So we're going to yeah. start, that's where we're going to start. Um, you want to go first here? Or? Yep. Um, comic books, I gave it to DC Comics. That's fair. Um... They're doing a lot of really cool stuff with um, the whole, like, the button incident with the Watchmen. There's the whole Dark Knight's Metal thing with all the different, like, alternate versions of Batman crossed over, or with the Joker crossed over with um, Batman and Aquaman and... 
so you have all those. You have the Death of the Family series. You have, like, Flashpoint stuff. You have, like, the Nightfall where Batman's back got broken. There's so many good choices. Like, yes, Marvel has Marvel Zombies. Yes, they have Civil War. But when I think of comics, the first thing I think of is, like, some of these awesome Batman, Flash, Superman titles. Like, Death of Superman. Yep. That was groundbreaking. And I just think that in the comic books, DC is doing a better job with their multiverse. Yeah. Um, I actually agree completely. I I also said DC. Uh, whether you like the heroes or stories from one side or another, uh, it doesn't really matter because with when it comes to DC versus Marvel, DC have historically done the bigger stories. I mean, they had Alan Moore. They they did Watchmen as a DC title. Uh, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, Killing Joke. There's The Dark Knight Returns with Frank Miller. Uh, even uh, Neil Gaiman's Sandman series. Like DC. I, I think if you if you did a list of the best written comics and graphic novels of all time. You'd have a hell of a lot more DC than Marvel. Yeah. And it's not even to say that DC have the better heroes or have the better potential storylines. It's just that they've put more, uh, it, honestly, the more effort into creating these great pieces of literature, in my opinion. And I guess in your opinion as well. <laughs> And yeah, wow. I, I gotta I gotta side with you, DC. Not much of yep. a not much of a debate yet. <laughs> no. Okay, so moving on here. Uh, obviously, those comics all are for the most part featured heroes. So, who do you think uh, wins in the heroes category, Marvel or DC? This one was kind of hard for me, but I gave this one to Marvel. Okay, yep. Like, DC has some great heroes. Yeah. But Superman has never appealed to me. No. And when I think of heroes, like, some DC heroes come to mind at first, but when I think of heroes, like, some of the first ones that come to mind are, like, Wolverine, Spider-Man, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man. Like, Spider-Man is one of the most iconic heroes ever. Like, yes, so is Superman, so is Batman. But yeah. just with Spider-Man, the Hulk, Thor, Captain America, I think that, like, when you think of heroes, most people could probably name more Marvel heroes than DC heroes. Yeah, I think so. Because most of the ones in DC that people are really familiar with are, like, the big seven. Yeah. Some people can really only name the big three. The Holy Trinity. Yep. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. So, like, if I, I kind of looked at this as, like, like, 
I like a lot of DC heroes, but if I was looking at it as an outsider, who has the more recognizable heroes, I gave it to Marvel that way. Okay, yeah. Uh, I got a side with you here, too. I also said Marvel. Uh, similar logic. Mine's more so about the depth of the heroes. Like, I feel like if you're going by a top three or top five basis, DC might edge out Marvel. Top ten is probably close. But the thing about it is, if you take, say, the ten most popular Marvel heroes and the ten most popular DC heroes, take those out of the picture, Marvel wins by a landslide. Because the well of Marvel heroes just goes so much deeper. Yeah. I mean, outside of the top ten, you're still going to have Fantastic Four, a ton of X-Men, um, tons of side Avengers, it, it, the Guardians of the Galaxy, Defenders, you know, it's, it's crazy, right? Um, so yeah, Marvel for that one as well. And yep. uh, a very similar category, of course. Uh, can't have heroes without villains. See, the villains one, like a lot of people say, a hero's only as good as the villains they fight. Yeah. So, in that sense, I'm kind of contradicting myself a little bit here. By giving the villains to DC. Okay. Like, Marvel has some really good villains. Like, Doom, and, like, Spider-Man has an amazing rogues gallery. But, DC has the Joker. They have this huge rogues gallery of just Batman villains alone. Yeah. You have Lex Luthor, who is someone like a lot of people who don't know much about comics. They know the Joker. They know who Lex Luthor is, even if they don't know a lot about him. Yeah. You have villains like Brainiac and Doomsday. Like, Doomsday can't die the same way twice. <laughs> you have people like Vandal Savage, Darkseid. Like, yeah, Marvel has Thanos and stuff like that, but when I think of, like, villains that would make me shit my pants, like, my first thoughts go to DC Comics. Yeah. Solomon Grundy and... Oh, yeah. Sinestro, yeah. Parallax. That's fair, yeah. I, I gotta give that one to DC. That's, that's a solid choice. And I'm gonna disagree with you. I'm I'm Marvel on this one. Okay. It was it was really hard to say Marvel because mostly because of Batman's Rogue Gallery. Because I do love a lot of Batman villains. But I don't know, once you take away the Batman villains, I'm not as into it. Whereas you got all Spider Man's Rogue Gallery, I mean Venom, Green Goblin, Doc Ock, Electro, Lizard, Scorpion, Carnage. Yeah, but I feel like if you're taking Batman's Rogue Gallery yeah. 
out yeah. of the equation. You you have to do the same with Spider-Man. Oh yeah, no, for sure. In which case, you have Loki, Magneto, Doctor Doom. Uh, I mean, Deadpool kind of rides the line between hero and villain at times. I, I would call him a villain. I always see as more of an anti-hero. Yeah, he is an anti-hero unless you're reading Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. <laughs> if you read those books, they're fucking amazing. Um, but I really liked a lot of the X-Men villains as well, right? Like Magneto, definitely. Uh, Mystique, Sabretooth, uh, the Blob, Striker even. Juggernaut. What was that? Juggernaut. Juggernaut. And then you've got... See, Juggernaut and Magneto are really the only two X-Men villains that hook me. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I think Kingpin is a big one. And then you've got uh, some of the more galactic ones like Dormammu, Galactus, Silver Surfer, Kang the Conqueror. Uh, I don't know, Marvel Marvel villains just do it a little like like it's that one's probably one of the closer categories, but Marvel does just a little bit more for me. That's fair. So we're all tied up. <laughs> Ooh. Um uh, let's see, now we're moving on to teams. You wanna take the lead on this one? Sure. This was probably the easiest category for me. Uh, Same. Marvel. Well, no, there were, there were a few that were pretty easy for me, yeah. but this one was a no-brainer. This one was one of the yeah. no-brainer ones. We have the same answer here. I said Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tried to come up with a list of all the teams. I think I missed quite a few, but I've got X-Men, Avengers, Fantastic Four, Guardians of the Galaxy... Inhumans, Defenders, Heroes for Hire, New Mutants, X-Force, Nova Corps, Runaways. Like, <laughs> it's a big list. Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger. I forgot about them. <clears throat> yep. Uh, uh, Alpha Flight is another one. I guess technically the New Avengers was a different team. Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts. Yeah, I didn't even think about villain teams. That's another one, yeah. Sinister uh, Six? Sinister Six, Brotherhood of Mutants. Like, I, I think Marvel wins by a landslide in that one. Yeah. Because DC was more, we have all of our solo comics, and we have basically just like the one or two team comics. Well, DC is just, it's like Justice League, Justice League of America, Justice Society of America, Justice this, Justice that. <laughs> they, they call them different teams, but are they really? They're just all subsets of, it's Justice League Europe. Yeah. It's all just subsets of the Justice League. Even even the like the actual arguments you could make for other teams, like Young Justice uh, or Teen Titans. Teen Titans. Teen Titans is basically like uh, Justice League Junior, you know. And yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I like Teen Titans, but it's not as there's not as much variety in the DC teams. No, like yes, X Men characters do come and go from the Avengers, 
but when you think of them, they're predominantly X-Men. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the X-Men, they have different goals. They have, uh, they've got a different vibe. They've got a whole different thing going on. They're, a lot of the times, they're their own, like, they're dealing with their own problems. The whole, like, anti-mutant agenda. Yeah, exactly. Type thing. So they're dealing with their whole other set of issues than the rest of the Avengers are a lot of the time. Yep. So, yeah, I didn't even have to give that one a second thought when mm-hmm. I said Marvel. Okay. Uh, we got one more category before we get into the various media adaptations. Uh, yeah. One of the biggest parts of superheroes are the costumes, of course. Yep. So, who do you think? And this is—I this is, found this to be a bit of a tough one. Um, who do you think have the better costumes overall? This one I did find hard, but ultimately I gave it to Marvel. Yeah, me too. Like. A lot of people say Batman looks cool, but when you really think about it, like, some of Batman's costumes look dumb as shit. Some of them do. Some of them do. Some are pretty menacing. Yeah. But then you have people like Superman, who, yes, his costume is iconic, but, like, his entire face is exposed. He slicks his hair back, takes his glasses off, (laughs) and he's just all blue with pansy red booties, to quote Jay and Silent Bob, <laughs> with a big S on his chest. Yeah. I don't know. I When I think of cool superhero costumes, like, one of the first ones that comes to mind for me is Daredevil. Yep. Or Spider-Man. Wolverine. Or, Wolver- that's who I was about to say next, Wolverine. Yeah. Ant-Man. Yeah. Iron Man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Iron Man's entire power, really, aside from his genius-level intellect and everything, is his costume. Venom. His power comes from his costume, because his costume is his symbiote. Um, Ant-Man suit is so cool. Like, I don't know. I just think, like, the costumes look cooler, and they're more functional. Yeah. No, I, uh, I definitely agree. Um, for me, it was... DC, I feel, have very classic, uh, simplistic designs that are timeless in ways, but it's a little on the nose, like... <laughs> Batman has a bat on his chest. The Flash has the lightning bolt on his chest. You know, they all have, like, these are my colors, and this is my logo. And the details of, you know, uh, these are the pants and the boots, and, like, like it's very, it's very, um, I don't know, there's something a little old-fashioned about it, and that's fine. I, I, I think DC is doing their thing, and I don't think they should change anything. But Marvel's costumes 
I don't know, I guess they're a little more creative, a little more artistic. Like, Wolverine doesn't necessarily have a logo. He has uh, the, the stripes on the side and the blue shoulders. And, you know, he's got that little X just to, just to signify, you know, I'm part of the X. Yeah, a little belt buckle. Yeah, exactly. And, like, like, even Captain America, he doesn't have a big C-A on his chest. He's got a star. He's got a star that looks just like a shield, you know? Yep. Uh, it's... It's. I think it's a matter of preference on this one, um, but yeah, I gotta. It is. I like gotta, that one. It could have went either way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely got a side with Marvel. I find a lot more DC characters too. Like, yes, there's characters like Reed Richards who his face is exposed and stuff like that. But a lot of DC characters, their face is exposed or they just wear a tiny little mask. <laughs> yeah. Like. Plastic Man literally just puts on a pair of sunglasses to hide his face. Superman <laughs> doesn't conceal his identity. Um, Green Arrow and Arsenal, they just wear like a tiny little masquerade thing. Wonder yeah. Woman, again, no mask. So a lot of the time for these people, to me, it's just like, why even bother wearing a costume at all? No, exactly. Or why why just why bother with the identity? Why not just be like, hey, this is my costume that I wear all the fucking time. <laughs> fucking Rocket Bart Simpson style. Just wear the same thing every day. <laughs> um, what's next here? Oh yeah, we're uh, we're finished our first five we're moving into the adaptation section of it the one that we've yep. definitely spent the most time talking about in the past movies yeah so uh, I'll just be outright with it here I, I gave it to Marvel oh yeah yeah same for you this one wasn't hard for me either no um Movie-wise, DC has the Chris Nolan Batman trilogy. Uh, it has the first Batman and Batman Forever, or and Batman Returns. Yeah. And it has Wonder Woman. Yeah. I mean, Batman vs Superman. A lot of people hated it. I didn't hate it, but a lot of people did. Yeah. There's been a lot of shitty Batman movies. There's been a lot of shitty Superman movies. Green Lantern was an absolute flop. Oh, fuck yeah. Like, it seems with DC, they've had more misses than hits. Yeah. The and then you look at Marvel, and we've got the fucking MCU. Like, yeah, there's been movies made by Marvel that have shit the bed. Of course. And shit the bed hard. Yeah. And, like, movies that were made outside of Marvel Studios by, like, Sony and Fox, they're still Marvel property. They're still characters from Marvel Comics. So I'm still including those movies in my judgment of who I give it to, Marvel or DC. But, like, even though we've had some shitty X-Men movies, we've also had some good X-Men movies. Oh, yeah. We've had 
shitty Ghost Rider movies. We've had shitty Fantastic Four movies. But we haven't had as many bad Marvel movies as we've had good ones. Marvel took this easy for me. Yep, me too. Uh, The only edge I think DC had here was that DC has been doing this longer. So technically they kind of started the superhero movie thing with the Adam West Batman movie, which I love. Um, yeah, and I mean they were making Batman and Superman movies for years, but at the point where DC was really about to <laughs> completely obliterate the superhero movie franchise, with I mean Batman and Robin had just come out. That was when Marvel comes out with X Men and Spider Man back to back, and kicks off the I guess I would say the first. Um, the first stage of superhero blockbusters in the 2000s. Yeah. And it opened up a lot of doors for DC to uh, try some stuff. Yeah. And then with Iron Man, uh, Marvel kicks off one of the single biggest movie franchises in history ever. So... I really don't think it's close on this one at all. No. Like landslot. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And now for another tougher one in my opinion. TV. Yeah. Um This was close. I didn't find this one that tough. TV like you've got the Netflix series for Marvel and you've got the Arrowverse for DC, basically. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of other shows through the years. Yeah, there are other shows like Gotham for DC, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for Marvel, things like that. Smallville. Yeah. But for TV, I had to say Marvel. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, I did too. Um, simply because while I love the Flash and Arrow on TV for DC, like, I enjoy the shows, but the production value and everything else like that, like, compared to Daredevil, The Punisher, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage... Uh, I'm excluding Iron Fist. Okay, yeah. Because, well, Iron Fist was a bit of a disappointment. Um, yeah, just the way that Marvel shows are done, specifically the Netflix ones, just won this out for me. Yeah, me too. Um, Although I'm not fully caught up on Gotham right now, and I hear they're doing some pretty cool stuff. Oh, yeah? At the moment. Okay. Apparently, they're using Professor Pig as one of the more central villains in the show right now. Wow. That's a odd pick. Yeah, but he's... Like, if you know anything about Professor Pig, he's very dark. Like... Yeah. Pretty morbid. Huh. So... 
that's a pretty interesting choice. And if they're doing him well, then I'm all on board for that. Because um, I do like me some dark and morbid shit. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I took Marvel for the TV category as well. And my reasoning was also for the Netflix shows. As much as I think what they're doing with the Arrowverse is really fucking cool. I don't know. I think Marvel uh, did something new here. Which is... A. Uh, the release format for the... Mar- the Netflix Marvel shows are it's like we drop it all at once Netflix style on a streaming service and the second season or third season will come whenever we get around to it it's not like uh, you know guaranteed season per year and yeah. the idea of separate TV shows building to a different TV show that teams them up as much as I didn't really enjoy Defenders that much the idea behind it was really cool. Yeah. And, like, Arrowverse has done crossovers, but they didn't launch a... I mean, they didn't launch a, a Green Arrow Flash team-up TV show, you know? Um, I mean, they tried to kind of do that with Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. But Legends of Tomorrow is, in my opinion, the weakest of the four Arrowverse shows. Yeah, I could see that. And I mean, even some of the, the subject matter that they dealt with on those shows um, between between racism in Luke Cage, uh, even, uh, even even the topic of, of, uh, of rape and abuse in Jessica Jones or PTSD in Punisher, right? Like, they've dealt with some pretty, pretty heavy subjects. Yep. I don't know, I, I get it. The Marvel edges out, although the Adam West Batman series probably helps DC get a little closer in my books. Oh, yeah. we got two more categories. Right now, Marvel's got a pretty big lead. Um, yep. So, uh, animation. And for this, of course, we mean animated movies, animated TV shows, anything like that, right? This one was also a no-brainer. It was a fucking landslide. It was a little closer for me. I said DC. I said DC as well, but it was a little closer for me. I just... The constant just stream of animated movies that DC puts out. Yeah. All the Batman animated movies. Flashpoint Paradox. The Justice League animated movies. uh, Batman the Animated Series. You've got Justice League Unlimited cartoons, Young Justice. It was just so easy to stay DC for this. Yeah. I mean, Marvel had the 1990s Spider-Man cartoon. They had the 90s X-Men cartoon, X-Men Evolution, um, Spider-Man Unlimited. Um, The Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes cartoon wasn't that great Hulk and the Agents of Smash was kind of eh yeah. DC also had the Teen Titans uh, show and well I didn't enjoy it but a lot of other people did Teen Titans Go okay yeah that was the Cartoon Network style one right yep uh, yeah I found I find for most 
for most areas of like TV cartoons, they're pretty even. Like at at any given time, I mean, uh, Batman the animated series and Batman Beyond, you can kind of balance that out with X Men, Spider Man. The Justice League cartoon could be sort of balanced out, I guess, uh, with some of the Marvel cartoons at that time. Um, I will say I'm a really big fan of the 60s Spider-Man cartoon, which is a fucking blast. But yeah. but uh, that DC like that DC animated films universe that they have going on is just yep. it puts them over the edge for sure. Oh yeah, like they're just putting out so many more and so many different topics. Like, like they just put out Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah. And that was a really fun, different take on Batman. Yeah, for sure. And I was pleasantly surprised with what they did with the villain in that. Yeah, yeah. No, it was... uh... up until the end of the movie, it wasn't who I thought it was going to be, and I'm very happy that they didn't go in a certain direction with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it—it it was good. Like DC took that so easy for me. Uh, let me see. Okay, we got one more category. Yep. And that is video games. This was also a real easy one for me. This one was pretty easy for me as well. I'm I'm thinking we're on the same train of thought here. DC? I would be very surprised if we're not on the same train of thought. Yeah. Between between the Arkham games and the Injustice games for me, DC has to win it. Right? Yep. Like you even have the DC Mortal Kombat yeah. game. Yeah. Like, what has, like, even the Lego Batman. Yeah. I know that Marvel has their own Lego games, but Lego Batman, specifically Lego Batman 3, was a lot of fucking fun. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, name one awesome video game Marvel has put out, besides Marvel vs. Capcom. Oh, okay, well, uh... (laughs) Uh, maybe one of the early Spider-Man games on PlayStation was pretty cool for its time. I don't know how you even had to preface that with maybe. <laughs> I, I remember uh, when X-Men Origins Wolverine came out, they put out a Wolverine game that was pretty cool. That was way better than the movie. <laughs> yes, I remember that now. But, like, that's not enough at all. When no. DC has games that are among the best in their genres. Arkham, the Arkham games are some of the best third-person open-world games. And Injustice are easily among my favorite fighting games. Exactly. Like, you can make the case for Marvel vs. Capcom, but then Injustice is just as good and kind of negates that. I... So... I prefer even if, Injustice. Even if you consider them even, which I know you're very partial to Injustice. Yeah. But if you were to consider Marvel vs. Capcom and Injustice 
even, what does Marvel have that competes with the Arkham games? Mm, nothing yet. Exactly. Like, these games are critically acclaimed. Like, some people are big on the Marvel Ultimate Alliance, but I never really got into them. I played them. They were fun, but not as fun as the Arkham games. Nowhere close. Like, it was just like, I'm going to put these four characters on my team, and I'm just going to mash, 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 mash. Walk over here, mash, 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 yeah. mash, mash, mash. Yeah. Whereas in the Arkham games, like, you're crawling around, like, the stealth elements and everything like that. Like, I got so into it, and I actually, like, at some points felt like I am Batman. That's the best part of those games. Something I've wanted since I was a fucking child. I've wanted to be the goddamn Batman. I've wanted to be pretty much any superhero, but... <laughs> like, any game that can make you feel like you are the main character... Yep. ...is golden. And Marvel Ultimate Alliance was fun, but it just... It felt like it could have been... Diablo or any of those like team based RPG games where they just yeah. put Marvel skins on everyone it didn't like the story wasn't strong enough that it you know yeah it, and I, like anything new or special I will say I love like me Marvel Alliance 2 was basically Civil War oh, okay but it was still very fucking linear it was yeah. just like a few missions where you have to use these characters as your team and then do you want to go with Cap or do you want to go with Tony it forks into one of two paths and then you can choose between these available heroes or these available heroes and then in the end they meet up again and it's all one team you get the same ending oh yeah that's how that game went uh, you play through it once as Cap's side, you play through it again as Tony's side, you've seen everything the game has to offer, curtains. I just want to say, you mentioned Diablo a minute ago. Uh, yeah. I do, lo I do love me some Diablo, and I just want to say that if Marvel did Ultimate Alliance in that style as well, or even anywhere close to as good as Diablo, this would actually be a conversation, but no. <laughs> Not even. No, they, they didn't do it anywhere near as yeah. good as Diablo. Because Diablo is, like, the shit when it comes to that style of game. Yeah, yeah. Well... I mean, some would some people say maybe StarCraft yeah, would no, fall under that? Absolutely. Yeah, it's got the... the um, what is that, that view? Isometric view? Uh, yeah. I, isometric top-down view. I mean, the... the the layout of the game is different. StarCraft is um, a little more defense-based, like a more of a, I think like a missile defense. I think it's the genre, something like that. Whereas, okay. whereas uh, Diablo is more of a dungeon crawler. I'm, for yeah. Forgive me if I'm getting the terms wrong there, though. But I think I think Marvel. Uh, I, I haven't played much of Diablo, and I've never played StarCraft. So if I'm way off in this. Yeah. Forgive me and correct me. <laughs> I've I've only ever touched on StarCraft, but I've I've played a bit of Diablo. Uh, 
I know more about Diablo than from what I've played because Charlotte is a fucking Diablo fanatic. Nice. Uh, but yeah, that um, that concludes the the debate, I guess. The we we've crowned our winner. Yep. Marvel. So, what was your final score? The final score, uh, my final score personally. Yep. I scored it six to three for Marvel on my side. And I had it five to four for Marvel. So total scores eleven for Marvel, seven for DC. Yep. Now, yeah. do you have any bonus points to dole out? I've got one. I, I just I decided to give one bonus point this week uh, for DC. I, I also have a bonus point for DC, and we'll see if it's for the same reason. Uh, because just just because uh, DC somehow has managed to fully uh, win over the love and affection of our hero Kevin Smith, the fat man on Batman himself, and uh, I feel like I feel like it's a timely. Thing to I feel like DC gets props just for having Kevin Smith on their side at any given time to defend anything that they put out. Word. What about you? Batman. Batman. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Just it, Batman. You got you got a good no, point. No, I I, just, I had to put that there kind of as a dig to at the fanboys because no matter what. Rabid Batman fanboys will always say Batman wins. No matter who you put him against, they will say <laughs> Batman finds a way to win. Prep time, gadgets. It's like when Screw Attack did a Batman versus Black Panther death battle recently. Was I telling you about this? No, I don't think so. And they decided through like calculations of like feats of strength and skill and everything else like that they determined that Black Panther would win Yeah. a fight to the death over Batman yep. and then the Phantom Boys got so butthurt and I was just reading the comments and people were like well Batman could do anything with prep time and people were like yeah but if Batman gets prep time then so does Black Panther and Black Panther's <laughs> part of the Illuminati in the Marvel which is another Marvel team we didn't touch on. Yep, yep. Black Panther's considered to be one of the top five smartest people in the Marvel Universe. He's part of the Illuminati with uh, Stephen Strange, Tony Stark, Charles Xavier, and Reed Richard. Yep. So, with adequate prep time, Black Panther's also, you know, that's going to probably negate Batman's prep time. And then they were like, yeah, but... Justice Buster armor and this armor that Batman has and then people pointed out that Black Panther has his own Hulkbuster yeah and basically anything the Batman fanboys were coming up with to say that no you're wrong Batman wins Batman wins everything people were just like saying like but you know T'Challa also has this. And no matter what evidence you gave them, the Batman fanboys would not back down. And it was hilarious. So, 
no matter what we scored, Marvel versus DC, in our opinions, it coming out 11 to 7 in our total, there would be some Batman fanboys who would try and argue that DC is better because Batman. So yeah, they get a they get a bonus point just to make up for Batman's prep time. Yeah. Yeah. Batman's prep time accounts for six points. And <laughs> so so bonus points included final score eleven to nine for Marvel, which is pretty close. Yeah. I mean they've they've both got their ups and downs, really. Yeah. I mean Overall, I'm going to keep reading both. I'm going to keep watching both. I'm going to keep enjoying both. Yeah, for sure. But since we decided we were going to debate this, I do have to give the edge to Marvel, which my side was closer than yours, five to four. Yeah. And it really came down to who I gave that coin toss of a costumes thing to. Yeah, yeah, I know. I had a couple close Indeed. ones there. Yeah, but yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm glad we, we finally got. To, I'm glad we finally got to do this. Me too, because this is something I've wanted to do since we started this podcast. Yeah, me too. Um, and we should give a little preview of our next episode. Uh. Next time on Jedi Dropouts. <laughs> uh, by the time we release our next episode, the second season of Jessica Jones is going to be out. So we're going to be reviewing yeah, that. from today. Yep. One week from today, the episode should come out w- within two weeks. So we'll have a bit of time to watch that and review it. I think uh, it comes out on my weekend off. Oh. Actually, shit. I'm going to be in St. John's that weekend. Yeah, yeah. The 8th is the release date apparently which seems weird because I thought Netflix usually put stuff out on Fridays but yeah I don't know oh well um so Jessica Jones season 2 review we're gonna well I have like a 6 hour tattoo appointment on the 10th so maybe I'll just you know I'll watch (laughs) Jessica Jones for 6 hours while I get tattooed that's not a bad idea it's the pain and doesn't cause more yeah, <laughs> uh, we're gonna do another fan casting, which we haven't done in a while. Yep. We are going to fan cast a live action Legend of Zelda adaptation. This one is hard for me. Oh, like man. I've been trying to work on this, and so far I've only got one character that I like have nailed down. I've got. I've got like one and I have a list of like five or six actors who maybe I should try and find a role they can do cuz it seems right. <laughs> but I don't know yeah. who, I don't know who. Uh Well, I was trying to narrow down which five characters from Legend of Zelda I would try and find actors to play. Yeah, yeah. Um I'm I'm actually trying to do it seriously. I I was try I was thinking about doing it like comedically at first. But then I was like, I wonder if there actually is a plausible and good live-action Zelda somewhere. So I'm, I'm going to see... I'm, I'm going to try and do something seriously. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm taking a serious approach to this. And, uh, of course, 
as we mentioned earlier, we're going to base a good portion, probably like half the episode or so, on Kevin Smith. And we're going to do our was it top eight. We're going we're gonna to rank the top eight Kevin Smith movies. Yep. Because we like to do things in eights. And because uh, he's got 12 movies, so if you go with eight, you can get rid of the couple you didn't really like. <laughs> you know? And because... Thumbs are not fingers. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that'll be the next episode. Jessica Jones Season 2 uh, Review, Legend of Zelda fan casting, and Kevin Smith movie ranking. Yep. Bit of, bit of a mix It's going to be another fun one. Yeah, a bit of a mixed bag, but it's going to be fun. The Kevin Smith one is going to be the most fun for me. Oh, because yeah. Because it's an excuse for me to rewatch all the Kevin Smith movies this yep. week. Yep, yep, Exactly. Um. Now, <laughs> I had a thought last night. Um, we're always joking about <laughs> hypothetical movies at the end of episodes, and uh, we just spent a bunch of time talking about you know the MCU and the DC extended universe. But last night, an idea popped in my head, and I want to okay. get I want to get your thoughts on this. What if a major studio? were to create a cinematic universe based on conspiracy theories. Oh, God. Think about it. You could have uh, a trilogy of Chemtrails movies that could be like your your Iron Man. Uh, Chemtrails starring Tom Cruise. You know? (laughs) Or Or like... Chemtra- Why are you putting the Scientologist in the Chemtrails movie? <laughs> because it's too perfect. It is. He probably doesn't even have to act. He probably believes that shit. Um, Chemtrails Part Two in the air tonight. <laughs> Come on, you know there's money to be made here. Uh, you got a movie where people start driving off the edge of the flat Earth. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You need flat. You could do a flat Earth series. You could do. Uh, you could do a trilogy of reptilian shapeshifter movies. I mean, there's, there's, it, man, you talk about Marvel having a deep well of characters. Conspiracy theories got them beat. My God. Um, you could do. A, how about this one? You could do a buddy movie, like a like a buddy cop movie, Elvis and Tupac, the later years, <laughs> starring Chevy Chase and Will Smith. Come on. You want to see this? Oh my god, <laughs> man! I, I I think I think I've come up with a gold mine here. You said Elvis and Tupac, right? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, here's your buddy top Elvis and Tupac movie. They go to Argentina to track down Adolf Hitler, who faked his death. Oh, there you go. Uh, who plays Hitler? Bring Hitler to justice. Who plays Hitler? Who plays Hitler? Yeah. I mean, he has Ooh. he has to be pretty old at this point, so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Who's a good one? Who's who's getting up there? Everyone I everyone I was thinking to say has died recently. Like Abe the Goat is gone. Uh, <laughs> You know, um, I was thinking Ian McKellen, but oh, 
I also wouldn't want to see an actor I'm so fond of play such a, you know, shitbag as Adolf Hitler. What about what about if you had someone who could put a bit of a comedic twist on it? Like like what about Patrick Stewart? Yeah. What, what if Patrick I mean Patrick Stewart did play a neo Nazi in Green Room. That's true. That's true. Good movie. Like don't even change his accent. Uh keep keep, keep Patrick Stewart talking in his in his Picard voice, but just put a little mustache on him. And I was see, I was gonna say if we were going to talk about movies that could get made. Yeah. Much as a fan as I am, getting kind of sick of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, is it time for them to grow up, maybe go to college? <laughs> like, they could do, like, the whole thing with, like, Michelangelo being kind of like Van Wilder. That could work. Yep. Yep. Donatello, obviously, he's going to be getting straight A's. Wrath is kind of like, you know, the meathead, like, you know, on the sports scholarship. Yep. Leonardo is, you know, trying to hold the family together while they're all kind of being pulled in different directions by partying, sports, and academics. The mid-twenties mutant collegiate turtles. Exactly. There you go. Um... (laughs) Damn millennial turtles! I mean, you know, Raph would be good at uh, what is it? Uh, extreme frisbee? Is that what it's called? Ultimate frisbee. Ultimate frisbee. Extreme frisbee. Jesus Christ! Uh, <laughs> there's ultimate, and then there's extreme. <laughs> so would Shredder just be like the dean, or? I was thinking Krang would be the dean. Oh, yeah, there you go, Dean Krang. Yep. So like Foot Clan could be like Campus Patrol or Shredder could be the leader of a frat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is good. I like Foot this. Foot Clan are all his like fraternity brothers and all his pledges. Okay. I think I think we got some solid ideas here. So uh I th- I think we have some solid bullshit here. Yeah. Any major studios listening as always, give us a call. We're definitely looking to yeah, uh, make our mark in the film industry. Yep, we've got we've got make so, our skid mark. We've got so many ideas. <laughs> yeah, we're um, looking to make our skid mark in the film industry. Okay, I think that's enough for today. Uh, thanks again for everybody for listening, for uh, commenting, sharing, downloading, liking, subscribing, and uh, for sending into the mailbag. It's uh, been a lot of fun. We want to keep that going. I'm really enjoying the mailbag. Yeah. It's quickly becoming one of my favorite parts of doing this podcast. Me too. It's a lot of fun. So, yeah, keep them coming. Like we said, they don't have to be comic book or movie or video game specific. They could be whatever you want. Yep. And we do have a couple more... uh, ready for the next time uh, the the questions that didn't get asked today don't worry they'll be asked next time or the time after we're just gonna keep it to three or four questions a week or every two weeks when we do a, the episodes Correct, yeah okay and yeah, uh, we don't want to blow through too much of our time just answering the questions and we don't want to have like 
too many weeks where we're short on questions either. No, exactly. And I knew this was going to be a lengthier topic with the debate today, so. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, thank you for dropping by. And something, something, drop out. And uh, don't forget, on March 7th, 2018, you can catch uh, mid-twenties mutant collegiate turtles at a theater near you. Yep. <laughs> Later. Peace.